Well, that's a lot of black at the end of that intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 1098 cents, 54321. And another five seconds just because I got to edit that. Um, There's our friend Jimmy. Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> Dude, it's uh, Hawaiian t-shirt, Hawaiian shirt day. Uh, it's 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 the flamingos. Uh, I don't know if you saw it during the hurricane, Michael, but actually one of the uh, uh, one of the animal rescues down in Florida actually had a uh, a whole bunch of uh, uh, the animals yeah. in their uh, in their care. And the flamingos were all in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's um, I just saw that on my uh, Twitter feed. No, Google News feed that the flamingos at the how was it, uh, sunken gardens. Was that like it? a mile mm-hmm. and a half north of me? The flamingos are they, they were put into the bathroom. And Byron's on camera now, even if he wants to be there. Or not. He is. Hey, Byron. And everybody was told, you know, they just said, hey, they're still fine. <laughs> so it's like a cute use. Like, who knew that zoology that putting flamingos in a bathroom was good for flamingos in a hurricane? Nice. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, from up here. You know, I, I live up north. I was not down there. I know that the three of you were, um, but I, I, I told you guys. I, I remember the day after Sandy and how quiet everything was. How, how I mean, it's still it's etched in my mind. So I, I know what it's like for you guys. I, I want to just say I don't know exactly how it is for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was I was up there during Sandy, and oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm still traumatized because of Sandy. It was it was an experience. I mean, I, I at that t- at that point I was living on a condo and um, uh, I was on the sixth floor and I had fences flying by the window. So it's yeah. <laughs> crazy. I believe it. Well, I think where Michael and I were, we got somewhat lucky. It was headed right for us, and then it yeah. it, it dipped south. So I think yeah. we did, definitely didn't get the worst of it. Byron, you're, you're central Florida, right? Yeah, I'm right in Orlando. So the, we were kind of bracing for, you know, the brunt of the storm. And then, um, you know, the last minute, the thing just veered a little further east. And yeah. we, we got we got some, we got a lot, a lot of rain. We got a lot of rain, a lot, a lot of wind. Thank God, no, no, no damage, though. Well, yeah, I yeah. Uh, I only have I have a broken window, but it's a little bit of like user error. <laughs> so journey, like it, it got sucked out with the wind, and then I was trying to force it closed, and the whole thing shattered. So um, I kind of take blame. I don't think I blame Ian for that. I think it's my fault. So that's I was telling them like I I can stay on for a little bit this morning, but then I got I got somebody coming by to look at it. So so did a lot of water me. come in or wind damage? For me, I didn't have anything but that. Um, a lot of tree limbs down, which we cleaned up yesterday. So I'm all I'm all straight. Whoop, we lost Michael's mic. <laughs> we got to find that setting in, in Chrome. Uh, Byron, yeah. I was telling Michael, I think there's a setting in Chrome uh, that actually does the uh, sets can set the power for the devices and things like that. And I think that's what he's got. He, you the know, settings he, in Chrome. It's oh, it's a, it's actually an internet settings. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Um, I did it on my girlfriend's PC. And it's actually where um, the browser can tell devices what power to use and things like that. And since we are using a browser-based program here, this isn't Teams, this isn't anything else. Um, This is a browser-based program. Um, That interaction actually has uh, uh, an interaction with the devices. So, And it's caused, uh, thankfully, I found the issue. um, And I think I documented it for so our company could fix it on all their PCs. (laughs) But I got to go back and remember what I did. And I said that a couple of weeks ago in a LinkedIn article. Um, I forget whose LinkedIn article I wrote it on. 
But we always do these blog posts and we always do these documentation and, and sort of look at things. And it helps us too. I mean, you know, me as a person, many times I write it down because I need that place to go back to, to remember what I did of how to fix things when I hear somebody has a similar issue. Right. Oh, that, was the whole, that was the whole thing back in the Skype for Business blog days is so I could keep track of things. Yeah. And I'd go yeah. back every like, well, what's that setting? And I'd go back and find it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, so, so hurricane talk. Let's get back to Teams Friday's hurricane talk. <laughs> um, Nate Smyre, he's a... What's the title now? CSA. Are you, Byron, is everybody officially a CSA now? Or is it still CSA? CSA, right? Yep. Was that Customer Solutions Architect or something? Cloud Solutions Architect. Anyway, he is in Punta Gorda, and so the eye of the storm went right over him. So he sent me a a video from his mobile phone. Looks like a calm spring day. And meanwhile, (laughs) that's the center of, it was what, it was a Category 4 when it hit? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was Category 4. That's correct. Yep. So, um, yeah, he lost power. He lives right on the water, too. He's got a boat dock. So he lost power, internet, and water. He has battery backup, so he's good. Has Starlink internet. Hi, Martin. (laughs) Has Starlink internet, so he doesn't, you know, Elon Musk satellite-based internet, so he's back online. And water, he said he's good on beer, so... I know a few people who have that Starlink internet uh, uh, for their service provider, and they like it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything bad about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So look into that. <laughs> so, Byron, I saw some pictures today of flooding in Orlando. Did, were you yeah, so or? I think it's uh, there's a lot of flooding in, in, in uh, downtown Orlando. Uh, Lake Keola is completely underwater. Uh, so, like, if you think about it, there's only a few lakes in downtown Orlando, so all that water had to go somewhere and Lake Eola is like pretty much over, is, it has over, it's over, it's flooded right now. Um, I believe also on the, in the western side of Orlando, there's some flooding. In my neighborhood, I'm in the eastern side of Orlando. Um, there are sections in town that they are, the streets are flooded. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see anybody have had water inside of their properties, um, but the streets are flooded. And uh, there is a, there is a road that connects the um, the north section and the south section of the development. That road it got washed out because of because of the water, the rain. So, and you know, there is only two areas that connect the uh, south section of the development, and the middle school is there. So it's gonna be fun next week. So, when talking yeah. Orlando, what really matters is is Disney open again. Oh, I'm pretty sure this guy's gonna be opening tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, not today. Um, I, I, I'm not sure about today, um, but I know it might be tomorrow. Definitely. Let me let me double check actually, because uh, yeah, that's yeah, because Disney question. closed, which is like whoa, that's yeah, that's crazy talk. Yeah. So we started Teams Fridays here, and uh, Jimmy and I are, are regulars. Marin, who are you? We I, we didn't introduce you to the Teams Fridays. Yeah, I'm a newbie and I'm a, I'm only hanging out for a little bit, but I'm uh, I was a partner account manager for Microsoft for the U.S., um, but transitioned to do basically co-sell lead for Teams rooms, uh, basically globally. So I'm taking a somewhat new role, but still involved with the Teams rooms category and essentially trying to glue our partner community to the Microsoft seller community and 
make sure everybody is familiar with all the great Teams Room solutions out there. So super fun. So we're kind of connecting like Byron and team with our uh, our partners and our OEMs. Um, and obviously it's a pretty dynamic category if you think about Teams Rooms and the diversity of all the partners and OEMs and the different types of solutions we have. It It's not an easy world for a, a Microsoft seller. If you think about all the different things that they sell, even just within modern work, it's it's a lot of different solutions. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a complex world to help make sure that it, the Teams Room solutions are clear and people know who to who to reach out to. So what kind of tools do you use to do your job? Uh, what, like, uh, like, is it seminars? Is it sending out newsletters? Is it a lot of times it's landing calls. It's honestly a lot around co-sell offers within AppSource. So working with partners to make sure that they're co-sell ready or co-sell prioritized so that when a Microsoft seller has an opportunity, what we call um, sort of co-sell is really AppSource. Like they'll go in and attach uh, one of those offers within AppSource to an opportunity. And that's how they funnel leads to our partner community. So familiarizing partners uh, with that tool, as well as familiarizing our, our, our sales teams as to what's in there. Um, so that's that's been majority of what I focus on. And a lot of it also is just um, data analysis of helping <laughs> people understand where the opportunities are, where's the white space, or where did we install a demo? And then, you know, things kind of stalled out. Where What do we need to do to lean in? Where can we offer a workshop? Things like so without, that. So without giving away how the sausage is made, what are the opportunities that, you, that, that you're seeing or that, that are a focus to try to get at? Um, there's a lot of white space. I mean, we, we've shown the data that there's, you know, a lot of people using Teams, obviously. There's a lot of people using Teams for meetings, uh, for majority of their meetings. So we have the ability to know that they're using it for a, a large percentage of their meetings, but they have no rooms. So that's a, a huge white space. That's what we call land opportunity. <laughs> but then there's also expand opportunity. Those that have done and dabbled into a room or two. Um, and then, you know, if you look at their usage and their their footprint, they they certainly have the ability to expand their team's room's footprint. So you know, helping people understand how Microsoft does it is another way that we're looking at it. We've got 12,000 conference rooms to update, so it's not an easy task. Um, and I think that's a big fo- focus for this year is to show people what's that, what does that journey look like? So how many organizations just don't have conference room equipment? So not, not, not ones who are using, you know, legacy or competitors or whatever, but how many organizations do we run into where it's like they, even larger ones that just never had a Never had a. Uh, uh... We lost Michael again. And I'll say this, Marin. I mean, you were speaking about the opportunities in the green field and everything. There's a slide where we actually present a lot um, uh, on the on partner uh, calls and things like that, where we did a Frost and Sullivan survey, and it says eight percent of meeting rooms are video enabled. That means nine out of ten rooms, because mm-hmm. you know Byron, Michael, and Marin, we need video. We're all sitting here on a video call. We're all doing video now. And that's, that's the lowest expectation of conference room equipment right now. No longer does just putting a phone in and I'm going to make a phone call from a specialized room um, that's meant to have everybody in there. Now you need video. So if we look at that partners, partners really have an opportunity to educate um, uh, leaders and leadership on the fact that nine out of 10 rooms have a need for the conference room equipment. And yeah. if you're using Teams, it really helps your journey to have a Teams rooms in these places because, 
you know, you know, Marin, you and I just spoke about it on Selling Teams Friday. Um, uh, the idea that they 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 need that journey from their personal device to the shared space to be a consistent experience, a cohesive experience, and something that's not going to challenge them in how they use the technology. Just having audio and video is no longer something that that's that's sort of the minimum viable product anymore. Now it needs to have the video, the collaboration and everything that we have at home, because as we saw with GM, when people say, come back (laughs) and the employees say, we don't want to, uh, because we're, we're, we're more productive here. And that disconnect between the leadership and the employee and that productivity paranoia really sets in. Well, I think this is interesting, like maybe to Byron, like, uh, you know, Byron sits in a unique spot within like the modern work journey. Like Teams is one, Teams rooms is one segment of that, but there's so much more on that journey. Right. And I think it's an interesting conversation to have with people. Right? Yeah. And, and, and what is interesting is sometimes, uh, you know, like when you go in front of a customer, maybe the customer is just focused on, you know, the, uh, the transformation of their phone system, right? And sometimes even inside of a customer, they, they don't, they don't see the, you know, the, the ramification of, you know, upgrading that phone system and also including that, the, 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 uh, the, the video conference room. So I, I had a conversation yesterday with a customer. They, uh, they're already in the, in the, they're, in, they're with a partner, right? They're working with a partner and, uh, they, they want to be full, they're fully embracing things phone system. But then on the same token, I asked the question is like, Hey, what about, what about the conference room? What, what are you guys, what, what, what are your thoughts? And he's like, Oh yeah, well, you know, that's a separate group that is in charge of that. Yeah. But I'm like, well, if it's a separate group, we need to, we need to get them on board because um, if I'm an end user, right. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm like really using teams on a daily basis. And if I want to add that room, and have you know share the screen or start do a do a whiteboarding session, uh, and I don't have the capabilities. The user experience is gonna it's not gonna be it's not gonna be great. Uh, mm-hmm. So we are kind of like going back to the customer. Kind of like in reality, we have to like kind of I wouldn't say hand holding them, but we have to like help the customer. You know, complete that that the last step. You know, like get them to the get them to the land to the, to the goal line and ensure that they have a, an end to end solution that is, is that the end user is really going to be, have a, you know, a, a really good, uh, a, a, good, a really good experience on it. And, and Byron, I think you hit the nail on the head. This department is not talking to this department right. and they don't right. have a plan with a third department. <laughs> right. right. And that really, that really is a common scenario for many of the customers that we even deal with, um, you know, I speak about it with Marin a lot. People contact me and say, where, where do we start? Right. Where do we start? You know, how do we, how do we get this going and what do we do? And many times it's, yeah, let's have a conversation with a partner um, and, and actually engage them with a partner who do meeting rooms for a living and can right. actually have that conversation. I mean, we're, we're here as guidance with the experts. We can give you customer zero of Microsoft. We can, we can help you engage on the team side and make sure that you're doing things, but it's really partners that we work through. Um, to sort of look at your room, make sure that you're choosing the right equipment for that room and uh, uh, and so on. Right? I think it's like, and this year we, I don't know if it's a new term for the industry. It certainly is not, but we, we sort of pulled phone and rooms together under the umbrella of converged like capital P communications. Phone? What? Yeah. Capital P phone? <laughs> yeah. All right. Not lowercase P phone. <laughs> 
Yes. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was different. Don't, don't they both have a handset, Michael? I don't know. No, I can use capital P phone with a headset. Lowercase. Oh, I guess oh, technically I some it. lowercase P phones I can use with a headset too. Specialized. But. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so sorry, Marin. It just, I hate the naming that we named something. Converge communication. I don't know. I mean, and it, it kind of, I, I personally think like to Byron's point, it's communications, you know? Yep. It's it's not only your your laptops, your devices, your cameras, your phone, everything kind of starts to starts to blend together in this world. So I think for a lot of our partners, and that's sort of what Jimmy and, and I had been focused on is partner enablement. And there's a lot of Teams Rooms partners that are getting more into the phone side of the business because yeah. the conversation is twofold. The two kind of go together. So I think it's it's an interesting world that we live in. Here we go. <laughs> So Byron, yep. say real quick, Byron, who, who are you? We didn't introduce you. Oh, um, what? <laughs> you've been on Team Fridays once before about six months ago. So yeah, something along those lines. Seventeen um, minutes into the show. Um, I'm Byron Castillo. I'm a senior technical specialist, part of the South region here in the U.S. And my role is basically I'm in the, in the I'm in the pre-sale side of uh, when I'm assigned to a cu- to customers and I'm in the pre-sale side. So I usually work hand to hand with with the uh, with the seller, or in this case, the modern work solution specialist and uh, when there are new opportunities that have been identified within the customer right uh, we usually um, go into the drawing board and we kind of like see how what is uh, you know like you know we will we go and, and, and see you know the, the uh, you know the, uh, the, the the technical aspiration of the customer where the customer wants to be with that opportunity and then we Go in front of the customer, and we and I and I go very deep into the solution, either Teams phone system, team, Teams room system, or any workloads within the modern work suite. Um, once uh, we land the opportunity, or we have a, 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 a um, an opportunity with the customer, we depending on the customer, right? Maybe the customer might already have a, a, a relationship with a partner, or we will suggest a. One of our one of our partners that we will be will be more suitable for for such opportunity with a customer. Sure. Um, so when Marion was um, mentioning before about um, you know like the, they they basically build a, um, a a set of tools right for the for the partner uh, with the partners ready. That's when we bring the partner and basically the partner will be, be able to showcase the value of our solutions, but only and, and also handhold the customer through through the last journey. So, Byron, when we say modern modern work at Microsoft, in me, to my head, that just means Teams. What what more is modern work than just Microsoft Teams? Yeah, that's a good question. So, modern work inside of, uh, in Microsoft, right, is 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 the rest of the uh, other components of the M three sixty five suite. Um, think about SharePoint Online, Exchange Online, uh, OneDrive, um, Viva. V- Viva is part of the of the of the, of the Microsoft 365 Modern Work suite of products, right? So, um, you know, all the, um, the the other subcomponents or the other workloads that they are sitting on on, on M365. So, yeah, you might you might think maybe there is you know maybe their customers are have already embraced so they're already using you know Exchange Online, SharePoint Online, but there are still some customers that are still dark to the cloud. So, yeah. those those that's where the white space is, is sitting on. So we will just basically ensure, you know, kind of like identify where the customer is in that on that white space, especially for the M365 workloads, and then start kind of like listening to what the customer is telling us, where they want to be on the next 
12, 16 months, 18 months, 24 months, and start strategizing, um, you know, what workloads are the ones that they need to be implemented first, and also the dependencies for that workload. And that's and, when basically we, we work hand-to-hand -hand with a partner. And, and did the whole COVID thing, like, like, are you seeing work because of that, that companies now are taking hybrid seriously or is everybody pretty, or do companies pretty much already have a handle on it nowadays? Um, I, I think hybrid work, I think it started even before COVID. Uh, a, a lot of companies were already on, on um, they were following, if you think about it, they were following our lead, right? Even before COVID, you know, we were already a, a, a hybrid company to begin with, right? And a lot of customers were already uh, following what we, you know, they follow a, a, a leader, right? They, they follow a, a, a company. Uh, so they, they, they kind of, they already started embracing hybrid work. I, I think COVID was one of the things that um, it, it, it had immediately put a, a, a super speed on hybrid work. Uh, because everybody was basically from one day to the other, they started working from home. Um, and now that the workforce is trying, you know, employers are basically, uh, COVID is kind of out of the way now, if you think about it, maybe, maybe yes or no. Um, <laughs> We're but, dealing with it. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, you know, right now, I think a, a lot of companies are also uh, kind of rethinking the model on, you know, what they're going to do with their employees, right? And also kind of like, you know, like, let the employees be the, the center of, I would say, be put the employee at the center. Um, and also employees, when they want to continue with their, with their hybrid approach, mm -hmm. right? They, 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 you know, they, we, they have, we have studies out there that um, a hy hybrid work does work. I mean, we have, the people are more productive when they are hybrid. Um, so I, I think as companies are returning back to the office, they, they are also thinking about how to ensure that not only the person that is in the office included, but also the folks that they continue to work remotely. And, and I think that's basically what is, is, is continuing the trend of a, of a hybrid work approach. Hey, Jimmy, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yep. Um, in, uh, in the uh, selling team's rooms, you talked about GM and what they yep. did. What, give a little more, what was that article and what all was that? What was that all about? So it was an interesting article that was posted about GM and leadership at GM wrote and said, everybody must be back to work five days a week. And it was similar to what Tesla actually had done a, a couple of, a couple months ago. If you were reading the news, Elon Musk said, every employee needs to come back to work five days a week. Didn't Apple asked, do that too? What's that? With Apple didn't they did say three that? days a week. Apple did three days a week, but but leadership is saying you must come back to work and must be in the office. And Elon Musk used the used the example during the pandemic. We asked all of our production workers to come to the come to the factory and put it on. And I'm asking our executives to have the same commitment. And really, what it, what it is, leadership sort of looks at it and says you have to be at work to be productive. They're not seeing the data um, of people being at home and being as productive, if not more productive, while employees think that they're more productive at home than they are in the office because the tools that they have at home and, that they've, and the, the, the work that they've adopted during the pandemic to them has proved, oh, I'm working more than I did before. Well, plus you, so save, leadership, you, save an hour, you can save an hour plus just not commuting. Correct. Right. So now leadership says you must come back five days a week. Let's take the, the example of GM. Leadership says you must come back to work five days a week. Now, whether you're, you're following the news story or not following the news story, the, the story goes that it was leaked 
prior to it being official. I don't know, you know, exactly what it is, but that's that's the story that's put to put forward. Two days later, leadership from GM comes back and says, "We're sorry that this was this was leaked. This wasn't fully thought out, and now we're going to evaluate how many people." must come back to work five days a week and we're going to give flexibility to our workers. That was GM. And that was a, a story that was broke this week earlier with Tesla. When Elon Musk said, everybody must come back to the office. They did so much hiring during the pandemic that only 30% of their workforce have space to go back to right. people. The other 70% don't actually have the space. So even though they're dictating and saying, you must come back to the office five days a week. They're finding that they can't come back. So they're actually only coming back two to three days a week and cycling through and going through their employees. So it's, it's really sort of interesting when you look at the work trend index studies that we have um, uh, and all of the data that we have. And Satya is a leader of Microsoft. It will take Microsoft as customer zero and he, even he would like, you know, many people to be back in the office. Now, why do they want people back in the office? I've heard this explained very, very intelligently and very articulated very, very well. In-person meeting and in-person interaction is really important. And that's what we're, we're trying to do with the Teams rooms, but it doesn't replace it. And I'll give this example. Let's say, and I'll use Microsoft as the example, just because this, is, this, this seems to resonate with me as a tech guy. We work on the Teams team, right? I mean, you know, all of us are on Teams. That's where we work and that's what we do. Let's say, though, I'm an engineer on the Teams team and I go to get coffee and I run mm -hmm. into somebody from the SharePoint team and we have a casual conversation, maybe about things that we're working on. And we, we find a common ground that the SharePoint team is doing something that really would influence the Teams team and help. In a remote world, we would never have that interaction and we would never have that sort of aha moment that a lot of companies sort of look at and sort of go through. I mean, I know that I've had those moments where where, where I sit in a room. I mean, I, I can speak back to where I used to work at, Crestron. We sat in a room, uh, myself and specifically probably Joe Saracen, Joe Amorosa, um, uh, Ted Colton, a bunch of people, you know, we would get inside of a room and we'd just say, Here's the problem. How do we solve it? And we go to a whiteboard mm -hmm. and we come up with something like the latest air media system or, you know, crush on mercury or things like, I mean, that's how we actually used to do it was that in a remote world, I'm sitting here. It's all, it's not as easy to collaborate that sort of way and brainstorm because I've got my cell phone. I mean, you guys see me during this. I'm doing five other things. <laughs> But it, and and I am doing those things in person too. It's not it's not like my personality changes. Yeah. But it's harder because somebody can't say, "Jimmy, you're not paying attention," because they can't see underneath my screen. Yeah, you lose right. that spontaneous creativity. So it, I, I see the need to go back to work. I do understand the need to go back to work, I and mean, I do understand the, the the want of leadership to get people back. But I also think that that Microsoft as 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 um, uh, customer zero really has that. Um, idea of flexibility and coming back and um, uh, uh, making sure that it's not an edict of this is the way that it is. This is the way that it is for every single employee. 
and this is how we do things. I mean, you know, Marin, when you and I joined, it's funny because, you know, yeah. I had to be determined. Was I an in-person employee in New York City or was I a remote person? And and that changes the way that Microsoft does things behind the scenes. Um, so so as as many people can see, it's not a one size fits all. And I think Microsoft has really been, if I look at, at as, as customer zero, really been unbelievably flexible and allowing people to sort of speak up. And I, I know that you guys, because we're we're all in Microsoft, sort of have that. Um, you know, we get those those surveys and we get the mm-hmm. things where you know. It's anonymous data, and I feel I, I feel safe to actually say what is really on my mind with those things. But I think a lot of companies might not have that safety and might not have that flexibility that they, they do things. So it's it's interesting. We've done a, we've had a lot of transparency. Like that's why I love Work Lab because it's it's kind of pulling all all of our thoughts about ourselves and putting it out there. I think me one of my favorites. If you haven't checked it out yet, was the Work Lab podcast. Um, The first one was Jared Spataro and he Mm -hmm. talks about his journey in, in, you know, hybrid and what it looks like and how often he goes to the office and what his day looks like where he was talking about, he goes in sometimes 10, 11 in the, and he goes purposefully for meetings and engagement um, has the ability to go pick the kids up or bring them to sports and whatever else, but he's, he's going almost five days a week, but, but to purposefully go and meet people for meetings, um, and he's traveling a lot, but he's being very transparent about like, I'm going to go when it, when it means something, I'm not going to force my team to get there, but it is driving a lot more engagement when he does see people in person um, and that he sees the value in that. But I think it's, it's not an edict, you know, yeah. um, it, it was a really interesting podcast. I, I'd recommend you check it out. One yeah, time interview went into the office. Uh, I, I was there actually two weeks ago. Um, I went in, uh, there was a partner meeting. Um, that I was speaking at in person in New York City. Um, and I took the train in and I went to the Microsoft office. There's a big right, office there right across from Grand Central. Right across from, not Grand Central, uh, Port Authority. Port Authority, um, yeah. yeah. right across from Port Authority, where, where actually the MTC is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was speaking there with a partner. And, you know, Polly has a really nice experience center right at, um, at Penn Station. That's where I was speaking. So um, myself and Renee from the Surface team actually used the Microsoft offices, went in early, um, sat there for a little while. And that's, that's, you know, it was really, really nice. We saw everybody beforehand before we went to speak at, you know, to, to, at mm-hmm. the Poly event um, uh, and just, just had a nice thing. But it's nice to have that because it does break up from time to time. I, I, I don't go in weekly. I don't go in. And, and to, to, that, to, to Jared's point, Marin. I'm not forcing myself to go in. Yeah, <laughs> there's a reason, and and I I see value in it. Yeah, I can go in. Um, Marin, you know, I I've had conversations with leadership here, um, about should I travel here, or should I do something remotely? And 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 really, I look at it and say, what has the most impact? Um, you know, luckily, I I I, I have a good relationship with a large community of people. Um. Uh, and I can make a, a, a pretty good impact from from here remotely. Right. Um, and I don't take that lightly. I, I really do. I, I, I love speaking, you know, virtually like this and just just sort of, you know, uh, going out there and doing things. And I, I love when we get the interaction, all the different comments that are in the chat right now. I love reading these things. And I love having that because I, I think we spoke about it before. Flexibility is key. 
we're not here to, to sort of dictate this is the way that it works. We want to have the conversation, but we also want to look at the data and make the intelligent decision about this is what we see. And Marin, I think you said that before. We, we yeah. you, and, you and I, uh, you know, in your previous role, we would sit for hours and go, why is this like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it all comes back to data for me. That's why I'm such a like a data geek because it, it's all in the numbers. And I think that's the coolest part about AI is all the ability to do analytics. And I think Ilya has, has talked about it too of like, you know, in the whole BYOD versus Teams Rooms conversation of like, how are your rooms performing for you today? You don't know. That's a really right. great question to ask people. They're like, I don't know. Like, how would you know that? <laughs> right. You know, that's a number one question. And I think value of Teams Rooms is you have the ability to analyze how your rooms are performing for you and the people that use them. Um, and now through AI, you can get into much deeper detail. And I, that, I think, is the journey that's most exciting for all the future you know, devices that come on board with us of what, what other capabilities have we not thought about yet? You know, Michael's on mute this time. It's, <laughs> his mic is not disconnected, but <laughs> so Marin, one, one, well, now it's disconnected. No. <laughs> I really want to know. <laughs> I really got to get you that setting. I'll find it. I promise I'll find it. I know I wrote it down somewhere, so it's still not there. So, but yeah, data is key, Marin. And like you and I, you and I would, would like I was saying before, we would actually dig deep and go into the data, but it didn't fit what we thought. And, right. and you can't, you can't fight that. Um, right. You have to look at it. You have to actually say, all right, if this is showing this pattern or this is doing this, then I know that my thought process is flawed and it's not the data. And you need good numbers to actually make those kind of decisions. So, um, I think he's going to ask me like what part of AI I would say is most exciting. I don't know if that's what he's going to ask. He's got plants in the background. I don't. I don't think he even knows what he's going to ask. We're between two ferns. Between two ferns. We know. We can hear you. We can hear you. I was going to ask Marin, when were you last at the office? Because you're about twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes from the office in Tampa. I would say over a year. I, I honestly don't go there often. You're the only person I, I think I interact with locally. Um, you know, everybody else on my team is um, across the world, honestly. Nobody's, <laughs> so, yeah, nobody's close yeah. to me on our team either. So, yeah. Yeah, Byron, it's probably been a long time because you're in Orlando. So, it's so the hour. last time that I was at the Tampa office, I think it was, oh, my gosh. I think it was maybe a week or two weeks before COVID started. Whoa. That was the last time that I was in that wow. office. Um, but I was I was in Atlanta maybe like three months ago. And so you was... should come Tuesday for the Microsoft Teams users group. I'm planning on it. Yes, I think All I right. mentioned. Yeah, I'm planning on it. Awesome. Any yeah. any requests for food? I'm thinking Chipotle, but I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm open to options. Last time was Chick Fil A. Chipotle is fine. That's that All would right. be great. <laughs> then we'll have some Chipotle. All right. And I was in the office last a long last Teams users group. So right. two months ago, last time I was there, and I'll be there. There's today. a user group I know in Houston too uh, uh, that's coming up. So make sure if you're in the Houston area that you sign up for that. So what happens at the users group? I think I went to one Michael of yours like years ago. I want to say it was pre when I joined Microsoft. Yeah, we lost his mic again. So 
<laughs> I, Good I thing we lost the mic. We don't have a censor button here. I used to go yeah, to the one in New York censored. when I used to live in We bleeped him out. <laughs> there it is. Michael, you're back. Yeah, so at Teams Users Group, yeah, Tampa Tampa UG is still on. TeamsUG.com. Teams User Group. So TeamsUG.com. On Tuesday, we're talking about conditional access and Intune, particularly with Teams devices. I've been working a lot with Tracy Herr, mm-hmm. who's in Key West, and she's good, but there's a lot of flooding in Key West. Back to Hurricane Talk. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ramble while my uh, microphone is working. You guys can just <laughs> holler out when it's not. So uh, Teams Users Group, it's a we, we talk Teams. So the way it's gone for the last two years, three years, there's one major unique topic. So this time it's Intune and conditional access, and then there is a uh, what's new in Teams. Mm-hmm. So every three months, it's a it's four times a year Teams Users Group. So getting people up to speed, what's happened in the last three months of new features. And then it's a great opportunity to, and it's a very open forum. This isn't like a training or a boot camp. So interrupt the presenter. I think Tracy is going to present her own module in Tampa. So if you want to see the writer of that session, and you know, I've done some videos with Tracy lately and more to come. If you want to see those, uh, if you want to see the lady herself, she's going to come up from Key West and one present One that. of my favorite new game shows, Marin. One of my favorite new game shows. Uh, can you stop her? Brilliant. I think you guys did that unbelievably, Michael. Yeah, I know you were. Oh, crap. I forgot to release the one yesterday. I'm going to do it right, right. now. <laughs> I said every Thursday I'm going to release the, the next episode, and uh, wow. it's Friday. I'm doing that uh, right it's, now. It's Thursday somewhere, I think. <laughs> No, it's still Thursday. You can go back to the international. Exactly. Like, yeah, there you go. Go back to the time. Way, the, time the time zone in your clock. YouTube. Has anybody noticed that right, every I'll... single TV show now refers to multiple dimensions? <laughs> <laughs> can we have one show that doesn't refer to multiple dimensions and get confusing on the second season, please? <laughs> I think I'm not watching the same TV you guys are. I watch oh a lot God. of reality shows. I've been watching point. a lot of Penn and Teller. <laughs> Pennant, what are you in 1997? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we lost him again. Yeah. We oh, lost him again. <laughs> Somebody's got to get you some new tech. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the user groups are actually a great way to sort of, um, number one, meet people. Let's meet people that are that have a common interest in teams and have a common uh uh, common thing with you. I, I know that I used to go to the user group in New York City um, years and years back before I was an MVP um, and just talk to people. You, you know, you learn so much from the community and so much from other people. And that's, you know, when we speak about the Microsoft MVPs and we, we sort of, Marion, you and I sort of promote them mm-hmm. on, on selling Teams rooms all the time. It's because it really is an active community of people that have a love for the technology that they're actually speaking about and teaching about and doing things. Um, and we spoke before about blog stuff. They're writing blogs and they're mm-hmm. they're teaching me things. Uh, I know that I learned from from a whole bunch of people. That was why I wanted to be an MVP was because they taught me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, and it's not easy to be an MVP. So props no. to those that are out there doing doing the good work. Like right. it's, well, then, it's in, a heavy in, load. In talking users group, back to your point, it it before I, my microphone decided to randomly shut off. <laughs> The um the users group is a great place for those spontaneous conversations. So there yeah. is a, a like ten minute break between sessions, talk. People are highly encouraged to raise their hand and ask questions, so you can learn. Um, you know, they'll ask a question like, "Hey, I'm in I'm in the hospitality, or I'm in medical, or whatever." These are the pr- things I'm running into, and someone goes, "Hey, I'm in education. We run into the same thing. This is how we handled it." And then 
there's been many times people like trading information. Let's talk uh, afterwards or let me give you a call next week. Yeah, I think, Marin, you and I had the hope that the Selling Teams Rooms group would, would sort of turn into that community yeah. and people would share information. I know that some are, are hesitant to sort of share in there and everything else. I wish that more people would post in there um, and just ask a question, just sort of start a challenging thing or even post their blog posts. Yeah. You know, nothing's, nothing's you know, sort of off limits there. I, I, I want people to understand it is a safe space. And, and I'd love to see more of that community inside of that LinkedIn user group. Or if people have another place to, to go, help everybody understand what, you know, what is the best place, you know, having Microsoft is a big, a big engine, and we do have a lot of different places to go. Um, you know, so, so having a place that, that sort of is common between all of us is, is something that I think all of us struggle with, you know, right. where's the best way, best place to be. Yeah, I love hearing the partner community voice. I see Susanna in the chat. And I think there was a panel discussion, I want to say it was last week. As part of a you know a a, a group of partners globally, um, and I love to see that. Like if I could ever be a fly on the wall in those conversations, and I have on a few of them, where it's just I love hearing from the partners and what they go through, and kind of having that um, dialogue of of what's what's new, what's challenging, what's different, what did you learn, what's the opportunity. Like this is a fast moving space. We always say like hybrid is hard, and what's you know. What's the journey of um, services that you can provide? And, and that list of services continues to grow, honestly. Yeah. It's, not, it's not getting smaller. It's getting bigger. Like this is a really dynamic area of opportunity, especially being, you know, less than 10% penetration into the space. We're at that, what is it that you call it? Like the, the beginning of the hockey stick. This is like the early adoption phase for a lot of like people. So it's a really important space and time for us all to kind of have these conversations. Yeah, I hate being spotlighted. <laughs> Took you off. Good. Michael, we're at the top of the hour. I think we are. And I think I think you're uh, calling it. Marion, you got a you got a window to fix. I do. Yeah, I gotta clean <laughs> you know, before they get here too. So I got a house to build. <laughs> I've got a video to post. What do you have, Byron? Uh, I have a meeting with a customer in the next five minutes or so. All right. Well good luck. All right. All right. There's a question from Patrick. We'll leave it to the uh, the chat to see if we have an answer. If there's a uh, LinkedIn app for Teams, if not, let's make one. I think you Someone. can connect. I think you can. Oh, there goes my camera. I think there you can connect LinkedIn on, on Teams, but I don't think it engages with the chat side of that yeah. really well, right? Currently. Currently. Yeah. There, there needs to be like that Yammer plugin equivalent for LinkedIn. Communities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you in two weeks' time. With a little, uh, little more Teams Fridays and a longer, longer format conversation than the selling Teams rooms. Absolutely. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, all. Happy oh, weekend. Hold on, where's the closing video? Here we go. <laughs>